0: welcome to Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Vince Carter.
1: V.C. in the house.
0: Today, we're going to start the show a little differently. With it being Vince's last season, we thought we'd check in with Vince and find out how some of these memorable final moments are going for him as he says his goodbye to the NBA as a player.
1: It's been a lot of moments.
0: There has been a lot. We're going to start with a a more recent one. Um, Recently, obviously, there was a video that went somewhat viral of you and LeBron hugging each other after the Laker game. Um, What was that moment like for you?
1: Uh, It's a cool moment for me. Uh, You know, you think back when he first got in the league. uh, Well, shoot, prior to that, the hype behind LeBron James and what he did in high school and playing against him and having conversation with him uh, as a young rookie and, and just watching him do his thing. and you know, just chatting with him here and there to see him where he is now, 30 plus thousand points and just doing what he does. You know, we just basically, it was just the mutual respect in him and, and well, me basically, you know, just say, I, you know, showing my appreciation for our battles over the years. Uh, it was just weird how, you know, it, it was like all 17 years or so huh? and and all of a sudden just like that it came to a close but yeah that's basically what we said it was just, I was just like it was you know it was a pleasure battling against you for all these years and it was just like you know you, I, you know as i sit here thinking about it and talk about it right now it was just like man it was that long it was 15 plus years of, of battling each other it just you know it, it didn't even seem like it
0: and what did he say to you in those final moments same
1: it was kind of the same thing you know just basically you know appreciation and you know he he Came up to me and tapped me on the arm first because I was talking to someone else. I remember, and um, so it was just it was it was a cool moment and just basically you know two guys who've seen and played against each other for a lot of years showing respect.
0: After the Laker game, we went out to Madison Square Garden. You obviously had mm. an emotional moment. You got a standing ovation, a lot of people clapping. What did that feel like for you?
1: You know, that's my first playoff series was against the Knicks, mm-hmm. and we got swept. And my first playoff. Series win was against the Knicks. The next year, we we won the series and moved on to to play the Sixers. So, you think about all of these things from the time I shook that last person's hand on on on, on the court and kind of walked down and high five everybody and standing there, those pictures, mm-hmm. s- situations, and moments, good and bad, kind of run through your mind. You know, I think about like. The near free throw line dunk I had in front on that same goal in front of our bench, uh, the alley oop from Doug Christie back in the day, where I almost hit my face on the side of the um, the foam of the backboard. You know, you think of all these things, shots that you've made miss, the mere fact that you're playing in the the mecca, the Garden. You know, it's a shooter's gym. When you play there, it's just like history floats around you. You know, for however many hours you're in that gym and you look up in the stands you know just everything that 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 comes with Madison Square Garden and it's it's like it's that's it your last time playing in there and it was just like you know when you when you talk to a fan it's like you, you what's it like sitting it's one thing sitting in the stands but it's another thing actually playing on that court and looking in the stands and you're on center stage you know how how, how the background and the backdrop is it's like that's my that's my last time actually performing
0: We have many more of those to come. Yeah, Obviously, we're going to go to Toronto for the last time. I'm sure we'll be special in a lot of other places. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure listeners are too. Uh, Holiday season is upon us. Are you excited to not play on a Christmas game? Or how does that feel for you?
1: I've only had a few uh, games actually playing on Christmas Day. Uh, I think I want to say one of them was in Orlando. I could be wrong. But that's the one I think I remember. Um, So, But it's always been uh, seems like it's always been, uh, I've always been on the road or, you know, you I mean, just our life, as you know, is just, is different, you know? So, you know, when it comes to getting gifts for people, uh, or whatever, we're just constantly on the run. It's like, it's panic mode all the time. Like we're, even if you don't want to be a last minute shopper, it's just the way it goes. And, uh, we can actually have a couple of days at home and we play at home, which, for me personally, it's it hasn't happened often, so I don't really know how to act. You spend well, Christmas Day is probably the twenty third or right. the twenty fourth, just because. So, um,
0: of all the yeah.
1: Or, or sometimes you, we just say, "Hey, you know, we understand how how important and special Christmas is with the family, but I've spent Christmas actually the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh, just mm-hmm. because you have more time, you don't feel rushed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, open your gift. All right, happy Merry Christmas. All right, gotta go. Yeah. You know, gotta go to practice, and then yeah. at least Christmas Day. Get to enjoy all the games and all of the fe- uh, festivities and whatnot for the first time in a long time.
0: Our guest this week is Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. What do you like about him? Before we introduce him, and what about his game or him as a person? Do you
1: like? Well, um, I mean, Miles, his rookie year hit the hit the hit the ground running, made a splash. With him now seeing him develop, now he's that stretch four because he's he's changed positions, but you know I, I think he's a very active body he's a he's a guy that when you're driving in the paint you feel like you have a shot mm-hmm. but maybe not just because of his ability to to, to block shots and he's, he was definitely known as a as a great rim protector and shot blocker and now a stretch four and a pretty decent three-point shooter
0: well without further ado please welcome miles Turner We'll talk a little bit about the Pacers, and then we can talk about some Vince and Hawk stuff. You guys are having a very good season. You're 15 and nine. You're six in the East right now. How are you personally feeling about your performance on the court so far?
2: Um, you know, I'm adjusting yeah. to a new role. You know, I'm playing the four this year. You know, my entire. Really, my entire life I've always played the five. So, um just uh learning how to spread the floor a little more um, you know, find find more offense for myself. Um, it's been up and down. But, you know, we're we're winning. You know, I'm part of a great team, great organization right now. So it's not too many complaints I could put out there.
0: You gonna guard miles tomorrow?
2: I probably have to see. Yeah, you know
1: how it is now. I'm like You're- a hybrid. I got a little bit, I get to, I get the chance to see a guy's taller than me guys smaller than me and faster than me, so I just I just gotta deal with it.
0: And you're familiar with the position change mm-hmm. throughout For your sure. career.
1: For sure. Um, you know, that's it comes with it. And it's uh like you said, it just it's it's up and down, but it takes time and it always helps that obviously your team's successful, having some success right now. Uh you're in a playoff position. So it's easier to deal with whether than rather than it being on the other side when you're struggling and your team's not winning as well. That's when it kind of gets Becomes a mental thing uh, for a player. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a
2: great situation for you to be in. Definitely. So and that's why I can't complain, man. I was, you know, if everybody, every player wants to average 20 points a game and do this, do that. But if you're in a team that's very is cohesive and, you know, clicking on all the right cylinders, then, you know, there's no need for me to be out there pouting, you know, when I'm only shooting the ball this amount of times. So, um, you know, I'm in a good place.
1: And it makes it a little easier to buy in to what's going on um, I, I, when you're winning and, and everybody's on the same page and everybody's willing to sacrifice. And sometimes when you sacrifice, uh, you, you your your game takes a hit, but you gotta figure out how to transform it into making you that same player or have that same player's mentality he's always had. Or, you know, that was kind of the, the the tough thing for me, uh going into a reserve role, coming off the bench, just learning how to still be have a starter's mentality, but you know, having success off the bench and, and once I figured it out, you know, it took off. But it was rough. It was rough, you know, but it was worth it. Still here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 22 seasons later.
2: Unbelievable.
0: (laughs) That has to be good for team morale, for you to make that adjustment and them to see that you're accepting that new role and changing things Mm -hmm. amongst the team.
2: Yeah, you know, it's easy for me to say that, you know, I've been here the longest, longest tenured pacer. You know, things are going to go my way. But, you know, I feel like that's not – that doesn't work within a structured team. You know, you got to be able to uh, find balance and, you know – be able to, you know, voice, you know, your frustration to be able to voice, like, you know, what's good and what's bad. And we have great, like, leadership. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, came, you know, acquired him in the off season that's a, that's a heck of a talent he's right sour. there. And he's able to run the team and, you know, a lot of inflection on his voice. And, like, people, you just want to, you know, do what he says. So it's easy when you got guys like that and, and um, kind of just fall in line, you know.
0: And you guys are doing all this without your star, Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Are you—I'm sure you're very excited to have him back. How yeah. do you see things changing for you guys when he's back?
2: Um, you know what? We're going to have to cross that bridge when we get there. You know, there's only one ball to go around, and we have a lot of guys that can score. And, um, you know, is definitely very ball-dominant, and he's very good at what he does. And he looks great. You know, he's he's jumps into practice with us. Um, You know, he's been down back and forth with our G League team, but it looked like he hasn't missed a beat. You know, it's going to take him some time to adjust to, you know, the speed of the game. And it's just a common misconception. I want to address that definitely. It's just, you know, when you— when you're out for so for such a long you know amount of time, especially like a year, people expect you to come in right away and just you know be in shape and get back especially to being with in, that injury. Yeah, as well. That's a tough. That's an injury that's only happened two or three times. They're expecting to come back and be all star Victor Oladipo again. Listen, I have all the confidence in the world he's going to come back in and be successful. But it takes time, man. The speed of the game is just you know you can miss two or three games with an ankle sprain and come back and still be a couple steps slow. So, I mean, people just have to realize that it's going to take time and we have his organization behind him. And I don't
1: think uh, people, you
2: know, to to piggyback to
1: that, I don't think people understand that. So you'll have a, a avid basketball player who goes and plays once, twice a week, but they don't train like we train as well. So when you kind of miss that kind of training and you can do all of the treadmill <laughs> suicides yeah. that you want. It's nothing like live game action. And, and, and it's just, and then when you're playing in like I said, no, no disrespect to any other league. If you're playing against college players to to, to kind of get back in shape, you're playing against the G League. It's, it's nothing like playing the NBA game. It's nothing like that until you get back out there and you just kind of play your, yourself back into shape. And for, for, for Vic, I think it's a great opportunity for him to just, there's no pressure because they're winning already. So it's not like he has to come back and try to be the savior to something. He's coming back into, like, he's gonna. all he's going to do is enhance his team, in my opinion. And you you can just bring him back. You know, it's the the minute restriction. You can kind of just ease him in, let him just find his way, and then by the second part of the season, look out for this team, you know, just because of the way they're playing already. So uh, I I don't think he's a guy that's going to let the outside world put the pressure on him, but I think, you know, the misconception, like you said, is people outside on the outside world like they expect him to come back. Oh, you've been playing X amount of G League game. You should be ready to go. It's not that easy. It doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> and I know it's just for practice and he knows this and it's for reps, right? But do you think like it hurts at all for him to go down to the G League being like such a big star and playing in the G League? Not, if,
1: if, not, not I don't enough. think so. I think if 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 it was, he would he wouldn't go. Right. right. You know, it's it's all about him getting better, him getting prepared to help his team get to what they're trying to accomplish. Everybody's trying to get to the playoffs. Everybody's trying to move to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody's trying to win a championship. So by him getting reps, playing games before the actual game, why not? It's, why it's, not? Not, it's
2: not an ego thing. People yeah. have to realize that this is a long <laughs> season for us. We don't have time to practice and go up and down and live for what he needs. against each other. We have a game four to five times you know, a week. So if the G League guys are practicing while we're on the road or we have a day off, you know, you might have a couple guys come up, maybe play two on two, three on three of them. But if he's down there actually working out with those guys and getting live reps, you know, it's a lot better than him just sitting there watching us practice, you know?
1: Yeah, it's nothing like like game action. So if you're gonna kinda get your reps in game action instead of just doing drills and trying to simulate situations. It's it's It doesn't compare. So, at least he's playing games. So, at least when he walks on that court and plays that first game, he's familiar. His body's familiar. It's not like a shock. Right. Because now he's playing NBA games. You can play, like I said, pick, pick up. You can play after practice. It It's nothing like the real thing. And playing G League games is about as close as it's going to get.
0: And a lot of those G League guys are NBA or guys or Absolutely. have played a few NBA and, or games. Have, or
1: who could or should be in the NBA. It's just not right. enough spots. Yeah. So.
0: Because I know that, at least from the outside looking in, sometimes when guys get sent to the G League, it seems to kind of bruise their ego a little bit.
1: I don't know. It's an opportunity because there's guys who are chomping at the bit who will pay to get an opportunity to play in the G League to one day get that chance to play in the NBA.
2: There's so much talent out there. There's a
1: lot of stories already we've seen of guys doing it. So why not? You know, uh, why not? I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) I I, I got to save some of my games. Someone
0: said. We need to see Vince Carter at a College Park Skyhawks game.
1: Yeah,
0: in in the game.
1: Oh, in the game! Ooh wee! I can't see now. You're talking about playing 82 plus games. Right. <laughs> it's a little different.
0: <laughs> we just got. But I the, might. Really? You never know. Okay. our Our G League team just moved here to College right. Parks, as you probably know. So it's been cool for the Hawks to be able to share that, and for the guys to just be able to go up the street if they get sent to the G League rather than Erie. I, I want to call a game. You should. That'd be dope. Someone said or, that yeah. as well.
2: I think it's really cool what it's done for the community and whatnot. I kinda saw the whole little I guess the opening of it, the grand opening of it way two chains and everything yeah. and just uh, how I had that open tryout. I think it's kinda cool when you integrate it. I think the NBA just like approved a team today, like going to Mexico. I think it's amazing. Like if you haven't oh, heard of that, there's a okay. G League team okay. gonna be in Mexico okay. next year. And uh, I think it's amazing like how the league's able to just expand, you know, expand its horizons just sort you know for everybody.
1: And Dallas is playing out there, I think,
2: tonight or tomorrow.
1: Tonight or tomorrow. Um so I mean, they're definitely getting the exposure now. And it's just giving 15 to 17 more players an opportunity to fulfill their dream. You know, so, uh, I mean. There's so much at, talent in the yeah, world, man. Absolutely. Like People don't
2: realize that at all. Like, I mean, I got, a, you know, the opportunity the blessing to play, you know, USA basketball this summer. And um, obviously it didn't go the way we would have wanted it to. But the narrative on that is, oh, your Team USA. You're supposed to be able to go beat everybody and this and that. So, yo, listen. This isn't 20 years ago. This isn't 15 years ago, like where, you know, USA is dominating every single aspect of the game now. There are so many talented players overseas. All those, a lot of those players are in the league right now, you know, so people just have to look at it with the, from a broader spectrum. And
1: let's go even further, further than that. Just think about some of the players who are, um, you know, they live in America, but they don't make the USA team, so they go play for their home country, who are pretty good players. And, you know, and it just adds on. So you can say, okay, I didn't. He was he's a good player, but he's not good enough to be on this team. But when you get a bunch of those guys and put them on their uh, um, in their country, look what you get, and you're getting to like Spain. <laughs> look, look, look There's superheroes
2: over there, right. man. You exactly. have you can have a guy on a roster here on the NBA roster probably play. averages like eight nine points a game. Probably just plays fifteen minutes, but over there. He's touching the ball every time. He's going to shoot the ball 30 times and whole countries behind him. Right. They play with so much pride. It's every team's dream to beat the USA. Right. And so. it's like
0: the underdogs. So yeah. they don't really have anything to lose. No, so attest they... you.
1: And you can, attest, you can attest to this. Playing against a guy who has the ultra green light, it's a tough guy to guard. Don't let him see have, a couple shots
2: go down. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so when you have a, 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 player, a bunch of players who are NBA players who have that green light because they know. Yeah, it's... The rest of the world looks at it like Team USA. And those... Current guys who play in the NBA against Team USA, it's like oh, yeah, I, play, I play them every night, right? But the other guys look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So these guys are—it's no fear. They just go out there and play. Years ago, it wasn't as many play international players in the NBA, so it was a little different.
0: Some of the league's best players now are international.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Guys. a lot of them are our yeah, MVP. You know, yeah. <laughs> look at that. Right, right. exactly.
0: Crazy. Team USA, obviously, like you said, didn't end the way you wanted it to. But tell us about that experience and kind of what you learned.
2: It was unbelievable, man. Just to be able to be, I think, amongst a group of coaches, like elite coaches, you know, you know, from from Lloyd to Steve Kerr to Jay Wright to Popovich. I mean, you go down the line and then all the players that were there with this one goal. I mean, it was tough because, you know, that we nobody gave us a chance from the jump, you know. When all the the big players pulled out and all that kind of stuff, there was like, oh, these guys can be trash or this or that. So you have to, you know, I guess take that too. But being amongst that group and just be able to work out every day, just under that supervision, I mean, it was unreal. and It was just like big for my game, you know. I think with coaching is concerned, you know, we had Nate McMillan, it's a great coach. But being able to travel the world, go to China, Australia, places I've never been before. That was pretty cool too, being able to build that commodity with the you know people my age and, the, and coming up in the league, you have young stars. That's a big part of it too, and then just being just be on the world stage, like playing in front of fifty five thousand people, like in Australia. That was unbelievable, and just seeing the competition, man. I can go on and on. It was a great experience. What was one of
1: your favorite moments? Um, getting through that experience. Um,
2: I can show tell you mine. <laughs> um, right, so could we. <laughs> no, I think it was that. probably that turkey game, man. That was crazy. We. It went into overtime. You know, the guy missed two free throws. They could have very easy won that game. Ursan Ilyasova had like thirty points that game. Like, I think just the, the all the pressure that we felt just to perform and just to you know get that game down. Like it, we ended up winning, but just being a part of that like pressure moment. Like it wasn't like anything like the playoffs. You know, it was crazy. For me, like I, I think of you know
1: outside of the, the the actual games, like opening ceremonies to me was unreal, and and just experiencing all of the different countries and countries you've never heard of like I don't know where this is but it's all mutual respect and just everybody's in under well in one stadium was just insane for me so i uh
2: how was that for you i think it was surreal when you know we played like australia because we played australia in australia <laughs> <Wow>. so <laughs> so did we yeah. <laughs> so just being able just to you know hear them sing their national anthem and just hear just how prideful the 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 fans were behind them and they go uh, crazy out there boy. they're crazy yeah <laughs> they let a lot of stuff go man they're they're a very physical team but um no, just being able to, I think being in their country, because we're we playing in the NBA, like, if you go to, like, I don't know, Hawks game tomorrow, you might see a couple Pacers fans here. You never know. But then it's all Australians, all Aussies. Like, and they're all booing you, hissing you, you suck this and the that. drums. Drums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they throw coins. Mm-hmm. It was unreal, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Did you anything experience else. That? Um, not on the court because the way we played, it was kind of like a final four setup. It was like a oh, stage yeah. and kind of like in a big like football stadium kind of thing. But when we were walking, it started down the tunnel way. You know, people were throwing stuff and stuff like that. Like it's just, you know, our customs are a little bit different <laughs> overseas. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, man,
0: that's really crazy. Do so you have any hobbies outside of basketball?
2: Um, a couple, man. So I like I like putting things together. I feel like I have a very constructive mind, like puzzles. Um, I put together a lot of like. It's gonna sound funny, but these Legos, you know, the big Lego figurines, like Star Wars Legos and all that kind of stuff, anywhere between four four to 5,000 pieces. It takes a lot of patience, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, uh, I'm in Indiana, man. It's not, I don't have a whole lot to do in Indiana, you know? So it's just something how, kind of how I keep myself going, man. I, just, I love putting things together. You know, like when you were a kid and you'd like, say you had like a, we'll say a table or like a desk or something like that, like your dad just said, man, yo, you put this together. Like I was always the one to be like, oh yeah, I'd love to, you know. Like it's just, I don't know where I came from, but I've always been that person.
0: So next time I go to IKEA, I should
2: yeah, yeah you i Come put it together. I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you also have an, uh, another passion
1: and uh, we've worked together, uh, broadcasting and doing some um, some work at the at the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? Two two years? Two something? Oh, like ago? three years ago? Yeah, it was yeah. three. Lord, mm-hmm. those go by fast. But that's something you foresee yourself doing. Uh, once you finish, or even while you're you're playing now, it's something I definitely and look into.
2: I don't, I you know, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy like just hot topics, just discussions, conversations. And I think um, you know, I think people can see you know my input as you know something that's different from theirs. You know, someone with my platform, people in their everyday lives don't see the same things that I see. So I kind of like sharing my viewpoints on things, and uh, you know, using my platform for that. He does good work too, uh, for that's sure. That, you're here. You know,
1: I've told people that. Just hearing him, um, hearing you on TV, does some good work. Keep,
2: Keep the set, love, man. I appreciate that. Um, I'm also into yoga. I've always been a big big yoga guy in the summertime, especially. You know, I don't do as much during the season, but I really got passionate about that a couple summers ago.
0: You do any hot yoga?
2: I do. I do a lot of hot yoga. So actually, I do my yoga. in the. it's like, so it's kind of like out on a ranch in the middle of nowhere in Texas, a big garage in the summertime. Oh. So you can imagine how hot that is.
0: Is this like an organized thing or you just do it?
2: It's kind of organized for the most part. Um, you know, I work with a teacher out there. Her name is Bridget Gibbs, you know, Bridget Gibbs Yoga out in Fort Worth. does great work. Um, you know, and yeah, it's very organized. You know, it's funny. The first, it's funny how she like takes outside tactics to kind of like in, includes in her practice. So she had like a bad wasp problem. She had a wasp in this garage, right? But the wasps, they don't, they won't touch you. They won't mess with you as long as you don't mess with them. So if they're flying around you, think about how focused you had to be in a pose. If you're, like, in a crazy pose and the wasp is, like, right in front of you, think about how, like, focused you had to be on your breath and not to move or anything like that. So I don't think she did it on purpose, <laughs> but she started incorporating stuff like that. And I kind of, I don't know, that's kind of like this, I kind of started getting into it. You know, it's just it's a old kind of way, but it's different.
0: I feel like I would just run. Right, like there was a wasp in front of me.
2: First couple of times, yeah, I'm was, swatting that. Yeah, first couple of times it was crazy, but then it kind of started to make sense. I was able to kind of focus on my breath more, I was able to hold the pose longer. And as I kept on doing it, I kept on doing it. Like, I wouldn't even realize realized they were there. And it's, like to this day, knock <clears> on <throat> wood, I haven't been stung. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I was stung by a bee once driving a scooter. This was in Thailand, random story, but I was driving. So it hit me like in the chest while I was driving, and I thought it was a rock. Yeah. And then I like looked in the mirror when I got back, and there was like a little stinger. In my chest. I was in that school one day. That stuff hurt.
1: And they surrounded me. Almost against the wall, surrounded me right, here, right, right in the back of the ear. Sheesh. Yeah, I thought it was dying. <laughs> <Ears> <laughs> Wait, up, what, how old were you? I was in middle school, maybe. Damn. Mm. Yeah, it was crazy. That, <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, it was painful. It was like right off the bone right there.
0: No, mine was like literally on yeah. my like, I don't know what this is, but.
2: Sternum. 20, <laughs> my
0: sternum. That would be the sternum. Thank you. Here you go. Kansas.
2: Jayhawk? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate. Whatever, he's went to Texas. <laughs> we are undefeated. <laughs> that's unfortunate. We are undefeated. He I went to Texas. Gonna...
0: Obviously, he's going to hate Kansas.
2: Um, hate's a strong word. Was, those, just strongly dislike? Yeah. I, they were in my top two. It was literally Texas or Kansas. Like right. it was, So I'll put them up there. So yeah. if
0: you had like just made one different decision, you'd be like, rock chalk.
2: It's a funny story. I actually was, my heart in my head, like, I was in Kansas, like, the day of my commitment, I woke up and like, it was funny. I looked up and I have a big Texas banner like in my room. I was like, what am I doing? I know I'm going to Texas. Like, why am I trying to fight this? Cause I, I think, I don't know what it was. I think like, I think my parents had wanted me to go to Texas. And I think like everybody around me wanted me to go to Texas. You know, Austin's like three hours away from Dallas. Everybody come see my games and stuff like that. Like Kansas. The disrespect, you got you gotta fly into this airport, then you gotta take an hour and a half bus drive to so it was a whole bunch of stuff like that. But in my like in my head, I said, I'm going to Kansas. And at the very last second, I was like, Man, I'm going to Texas, man. What's wrong with me?
0: Are you? So, yeah. I'm assuming you're glad you made that decision. Yeah, man.
2: Just people people don't realize how many connections you can get from such a big university like Texas. Texas is like, first of all, the number one endowment in the entire world. We have our own TV network. Yeah, the Longhorn Network. So many people like have graduated from the University of Texas, like everywhere. It's a worldwide like globalization. Go ahead, put your input. Go ahead. I'm I'm listening. Go ahead. Vince Vince is (laughs) doing like the truck. Yeah, it just and just I'm, you know We have our own network. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from I'm from I'm from the Dallas, like the Dallas area. So there's it's a lot of people, a lot of business people especially, you know, come from the University of Texas and they move to Dallas. And if you could have their set that Texas connection, like, you know, there's so many like connections you can make after sports are done just because they watched at UT. And that's the, where you make your off season home. Mm, oh you yeah. Know, the Dallas, Dallas area. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Sense. You never know. You could be sitting next to the next Bill Gates and like your, I don't know your communications class. You would never know it, <laughs> but you could have graduated from Tampa Hill. Kansas. <laughs> 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 yeah, well. They never recruited me. That's one of the biggest schools. Yeah. I never got recruited by North Carolina. I got my first ever like college letter like, you know, little just like little you know, right. this that, little letters that, that's sent yeah. everybody. Yeah. I like, got my first college letter, but I never heard anything from them after that. Yeah. Mm.
0: So I'm trying to do the math. If you'd gone to Kansas, would you have been with there with Joel Embiid?
2: No, I would have been the year after him. It would have been me, Kelly Oubre, um like Frank Mason. Uh, it's Devont- a good, it's a good class. Devonte Graham, he's a Graham freshman there. Balling. yeah, he's he's having a, like a heck of a season. I'm actually happy for him. Just kind of just seeing him. I like guys like that. Kind yeah. of just pay their dues, and now they're, they're shining and a little they're bit. So all. yeah, that's, that's, that's what we always we've been talking we've talked about this for two years now about young
1: guys just having patience. You know, their time's going to come, and, and if you continue to put the work in. You know, understand it's a process, uh, you know, I hate to use that, it, but, it, but it really is. It just yeah. takes time and everybody has their time. Everybody exactly. develops slowly. You know, we all have the pressures of everybody who wants you. Once you're in the NBA, they think it's supposed to happen right now. Exactly. And it's not meant to be until it's meant to be. And, you know, for for Devontae, he's just, he's been killing
2: it. Mm-hmm. That whole, like, you made it, like you made it can really get to your head. Absolutely. You know, it really can. You know, I was, I was in a, a fortune position my rookie year. Like, all three of our centers got hurt. In one day, it was like the craziest thing. Jan like he messed up his back. Lavoie Allen um, had something going on around his knee. And Jordan Hill broke his pinky finger. So I was like, I had to play. Yeah, I had to play. So, and once I got that opportunity, I never let that, never let it slip. You know, I came in right away, started making an impact. Towards the end of the season, I started starting. So like, once you get that opportunity, like you can't let it slip. You can't let it go. Like you never know when your number's going to be called. I literally was just working out every day. They were about to send me to the D League that day. I, I, I kid you not. I was going to go to the D League that day, that all three guys got hurt. So that was my opportunity to step in. I've looked back since. You
1: never know, and yeah. man, that's that's one thing you tell guys, and it's hard to kind of tell a guy that after so many DMPs or not dressing at all, and just feel like I have to go over there work early to go put a suit on and just see it. And your dream is like it's right there in, right front me, in front of you, but it's not just there it, yet. Yeah. And, you know, and it's hard to kind of tell a kid uh, uh, that. It's going to happen, you know, because sometimes you're like, all right, whatever, you know, but at the same time, you'll appreciate it later because of the work you put in, because of the, the dark nights and, and the tough conversations you have with your your family or friends or whoever, you you know, you, you reach out to and you'll look back at them like it was all worth it when you're now a starter, you're now a, a first team, all something and playing consistent minutes. It's just you have a better appreciation for it, I think. When you earn your way instead of just giving it to you, me personally.
0: And what about those guys that get the opportunity right away, but maybe can't capitalize on it right away?
1: Um, I mean, it's just it just all depends on how you handle it. I, th- I think everybody handles situations different. But for those who, who, who get the opportunity immediately, you just you have to learn how to handle it. You know? Because it's like, like you said, once you get to the NBA, you're here. But that doesn't mean you're going to stay here. Nice. You know, It's like, it's it's tough to get here, but it's, it's even tougher to stay here. You know, so I, I think guys have to understand that. Yeah. Do you just want to say, yeah, I started in the NBA at one point for a couple of games and then then you're part of the where are they now? Or you have a, a long career of some sort. You know, it just depends on the person and how much you appreciate what's on the front of your jersey instead of what's on the back of your jersey. That's big right there. there. That's the big thing. That's big. You Give know, me some. You know, every now and then. <laughs> Dropping knowledge. Every now and then
0: and now time for a special segment with the google assistant vince we're gonna see how well you know your stats how many three-pointers do you think you've hit in your nba career
1: i've currently made 2270
0: hey google how many three-pointers has vince carter made in his nba career here's what i've got for vince carter an all-time nba total of 2257 three-pointers Vince, you just talked about it, but you got super hot when we were in the garden. You saw your shots going down. How did it feel that night for you?
1: Anytime you're playing in the garden, you know it's special. Uh, I consider the garden one of the the best shooters' gyms around the league, and it just feels like any shot you shoot has a, a legitimate chance to go in. You know, even when you felt like you feel like it's not a great shot or you're shooting short, you still, at the same time, you think it can go in and. and You know, once you see one go in, two go in, anything is possible from there.
0: And now, back to winging it. That being said, Miles, I'm curious to know you've had like a little bit of an up and down season. How much has that kind of affected you mentally? Because I I think seeing some of our guys, it's so much mental, right? That you can't perform properly because it's like affecting your headspace.
2: I think the mental part is 95% of the game. You know, I think it's 3% talent and 2% luck. You know, I think it's literally all mental. And, you know, I started the season off, scored first game of the season, scored 25 points, scored 16 points. And I go down with an ankle injury. I was out for nine games. And, you know, coming in, I was in a great rhythm going off of Team USA. You know, I was in shape. Was really good shape. Came into training camp, doing my thing. Then you're forced to sit out for two and a half weeks. Then you come back in. Then it's almost like to a point where you feel like you have to try and fit in again. Because, like I said, it's a brand new team, a whole bunch of guys have never been here before, <clears throat> and I'm learning a new position, so so I come in right away and I'm not making the shots that I'm accustomed to hitting. I'm not getting the ball in spots I'm accustomed to getting them to, and you know you start once you, if you start looking at the stat sheets and seeing like, oh, I only shot the ball this many times or I'm only scoring seven or eight points it can really yeah it can really like take you out, man, if you're used to scoring. 15, 20 points a game, you're only scoring six, seven points a game now? Like, yeah, like that's big. So I've had to deal with it, you know, over the past couple of weeks. And I'm just – it's very early in the season. You know, we're in the first quarter of the season. So it's a long season to go. you got to keep that mindset. you got to keep the mindset that there's always another game. And you've got to keep shooting, man. you got to keep be, keep being yourself. Like I can't – you know, if I – this is what my fifth year in the league and hopefully still have a long way to go. If I let something like this, you know, define my entire career, then – no, what's what is that? has going by fast. Five years already.
1: Five Dang, years, Charlie, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's think about that. So this thing, he goes down, and for for the organization, the team, they're like, it's the next man up, his opportunity. Yeah. So the next man up gets his opportunity and plays well. It's always going to be, you know, like you said, shots, minutes, and that's when it starts to creep in your mind. Oh, did I lose my spot? Or when you get in, you're playing shorter minutes, you're not getting shots, then then you're not making shots. Then maybe you start worrying about the I mean, it's all of these things. Like I said, mental. I mean, it's this it's literally a mental game. And sometimes you can, you're a person who's not even that way. It it it's a part of the game. It's happened. It happens. It's a reality. And it's just how how do you handle it? How do you go about it? You know, are you, is are you sure about yourself, your game, who you are as a person? Because this league, this business, business can break you down. No, you know, it's, it's a dream we all wanted to be. You, I'm sure since a little man, you wanted to be in the NBA. Of course. Likewise. But when you get here,
2: it's like, it's a business. I'm just now starting to grasp that concept. I've always heard that the league is a business. It's this and that. You know, very fortunate for me, I signed my first you know, extension. And I was, it was with the base organization. I appreciate that. And... Now you slowly start to see the whole business side of everything. You know, when you're in a rookie deal, you know, you're still fighting, you're in a contract, you're fighting, yada, yada, yada. But once you actually have your deal, you see the business of everything and how everything works. And someone can tell you until you're blue in the face, but until it actually happens to you and you're actually prepared for them or you're actually going to a moment so unprepared, that's when you see the business of things. So you just got to get back to the basics of like, everybody says this, but it's so true. Control what you can control. You know, I can control my effort out there on the floor. I can control how hard I'm going. I can control, um, you know, getting myself, you know, working diligently on the defensive end of the floor. That's things that I do. I can't control how many shots I'm going to take. can't control how many shots I'm going to make. I can't control my minutes, you know. So once you stop worrying about little stuff like that, it just made it that much easier. And obviously, like you said, when you're winning games, it you know, that alleviates a lot of things.
0: <laughs> As someone who has not played the game, what is it like to learn a new position? Like how much of an adjustment is that for and a professional player.
2: Nowadays, I would say it's a little easier. I'm sure Vince could touch on this in a little bit, but every, nowadays, like in today's NBA, you have to be able to do a little of everything. Bigs got to be able to shoot and dribble, guards got to be able to post up. So it's not like totally different as far as my game's concerned. It's just floor spacing. You know, I'm so used to being the guy setting the screens in the pick and roll. Instead, now I'm spaced in the corner. And it could be like six or seven possessions where I don't even touch the ball, you know? And that can, be, yeah, yeah. and know, that, and that can really, that's when get stuff. Yeah. And that yeah. can really message you because yeah. now it's, it's still a point now where like you feel like you're out of rhythm. You feel like you're not involved. Then you start thinking about that and you slip on the defensive end. Like, oh, it's got backdoor. Like you're not even thinking about it. Like, so I think more than anything, you have to watch a lot of film, you know, just kind of see, break it down game by game. And then you just got to just stay in it and know that, you know, like, like your time is going to come and ask questions.
1: Uh, And I think that's where a lot of young guys fall short of getting themselves over the hump as far as, as to learning that new position, they feel like they have to do it by themselves. You know, when you have your teammates, you have other guys who are in that position. Yeah. You're battling, but at the same time, you have one common goal, ask questions, you know, ask Uh, for me, when I went from starting it onto the bench, one, one of the first things I did is I went to film. I started watching Ginobili, Jason Terry, Six Men, guys who will come off the bench, and uh, Vinnie Johnson, who was one of the the best Six Men of all times. You know, out of Detroit, I know you are like who. <laughs> I, I know the face, <laughs> but he was he was one of the best Six Men um, to ever play the game, in my opinion, outside of you know Lou Will and all those. Now, but but even Lou Will, look at these guys now when they come in the game, they run plays through them. Their confidence. They're ready to go immediately, and that's that. At first, I took it like, "Oh man, I'm demoted. Now I'm coming off the bench. How I'm going to get my game right?" Blah blah blah. But I'm like, the mentality doesn't change. You just have to learn how to just put it all together, and that was kind of the shaky ground for me, and it, it was rough at first, still trying to figure it out, coming off the bench instead of starting games. Like you know, and at the end of the day, I, you know, at that point, I was like, especially when I was younger, ish, I was like, I just want to play well to where I can finish game, Jason Terry. For the Mavericks, what was it? he? He wasn't starting. Ginobili, they finished games because that's their role was just as important as a starter. Right. And, you know, and they just had, they have six starters. Yeah. And that's kind of my, how I approached it. I'm the sixth starter. I'm the sixth starter. And then once it kind of got past that, all right, let me get warm, get ready. Because it's go time when my name's called. As soon as you get in there. Yep. And, and that's kind of how I was able to kind of get over the hump and, you know, i just,
2: I was all good with it after that. And you can't be that guy who's like sitting on the bench pouting and you know not not in tune with the game. You got to be happy for your teammates like at all times, bro. Like you got to be able to be able to support those guys. Because in the, the day, like you may not be doing what you're accustomed to doing, but mm-hmm. you know if those guys are out there shining and doing their thing. Like, you know, like who am I to go out there? That and just, role be is like, just as important. Yeah, just like be be a Debbie Downer, you know. So like you, <laughs> yeah, you have to go out there and just support your teammates at all costs.
0: Seems like. LP kind of says that about DeAndre Bembry as like kind of the sixth man. Like he really loves having him come off the bench. Is it like the energy or...
2: He embraces it. Right. There's it, certain guys yeah. that really embrace it. Mm-hmm. There's some guys that are like, man, why am I to, you know, I'm, I'm a starter. I've been a starter my whole life. And some guys really embrace coming in there like, okay, yeah, now they have this chip on their shoulder and they're going to go out there and just give it their all, like whatever they can do. That's kind of what we have in like TJ McConnell. Like, he's huge with that.
0: Like a Lou Will. Right? Yeah, yeah. And You're I'll
2: like even Lou give Will. you another yeah.
1: example Alex Lynn.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When
1: he was in Phoenix, he was a starter, starter, starter. He comes to us, obviously he played off the bench, but he played well. He was, he had, A career year, I think, shooting the ball, shooting the three, the whole nine playing behind um, Dwayne Dedman. We start him kind of struggle. We take him off the bench, put him back on, on the bench, come off the bench. He's playing great. So I feel like sometimes in our mind, we feel like I'm a starter. I'm a starter. But sometimes our game tells us different. And you have to be able to look in that mirror and say, um what's good for the game it's probably gonna put some more money in your pocket too That's if you're able to accept yeah. the, those roles sometime and i think alex lynn is gonna make a lot of money because of him accepting accepting that role and playing well with it
2: i actually have a question Vince. this is actually i'm curious now now there's a lot of stuff that could play into it you've played in an era with it an era without it social media mm-hmm. <laughs> what's your take on that i'm very curious so for me, I'm not
1: a I'm not a big social media guy. I'm I I, I see it, I'm, I, but from afar. I, I, like I, what bothers me sometimes is that I get disappointed, and I'll just say I get disappointed in guys when they allow social media or what's being said get to them during the game. So sometimes, let's say during halftime.
2: Okay, okay, halftime. Guys go you. in there. and oh, that's you know crazy. what crazy.
1: People are saying, come back out, and they that's feel the like worst. they have to prove to what was said on social media more wow. so than the what's going on in the game with the first half. Huh. So that's something it's, it's, it is hard for me. I mean, I, I, I'm aware of it, but it was hard for me for a long time to kind of understand it and accept it because my first <laughs> 11 years, probably right. there was no such thing. Of course. So I I can, once I put my phone down, you're good. 35 on the clock when we have our meeting, I probably won't pick it up again unless I'm checking to make sure my mom got in the building or my family or my people in the building after that, that's it. Like, I still haven't grasped that. After the game, I see a lot of guys, I mean, it's over for over a course of 10, 15 years, still first thing they got to do is pick up their phone. But like, it, I
2: can't. It's funny that you make that point. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's funny that you make that point because for someone like you who's never, like, really, you didn't grow up on it. So it's just, right. like, whatever. Yeah. When you have, you know, I guess, like, millennials like us that, like, you know, we're, we were socially ingrained from fucking, I don't know, yeah. middle school. Right. Just to look at our phones. The entire time, like when we're not, when we're not in class, looking down at our phones, when we're walking, looking down at our phones, and you take that with you into the game, and it's tough, man, because you're constantly, you grow up in like, I guess, like a this is like this little blackball like world where you you're constantly worried about what people are thinking about Mm -hmm. you, saying about you, and it was created. I I feel like
1: social media. I mean, obviously, it was always there, but it's tougher to hear the noise when it wasn't a platform like it is now yeah so now with the platform, everybody's accessible to us, yeah they're going to listen to this podcast, and they're going to say whatever they want to say about us, mm-hmm. whether they agree with us or not right like we're, we're we're allowed to have our opinion just like the the person who's listening mm-hmm. and sometimes it's unfair, oh mm-hmm. all, all time it's unfair, and I think that's where guys you know because you know there's a lot of free spirited guys in this league, you know come from all types of backgrounds right, and they feel like they have the right to say what they want to say <laughs> but yeah. when you do you're criticized for it and for sure. you're wrong. And some guys don't know how to handle that. Sometimes you just have to kind of take a step back and say, you know what? You know, I I digress. Let me just hush. And some guys don't feel like, Hey, I can do what I want, say what I want. But I, my, my point is like, when you come to, when you come to work, I've always believed I was always taught when, when I step in lines, that's, that's it. The outside world's world means nothing. Everybody that has Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers, you know, for you, that's all that matters at that moment. So when I'm at work for these three, five hours from the time you arrive to the time I leave, that's all that matters. And that was kind of how it was. So, you know, that was just the old school way of thinking. Like I said, everything's so accessible now. And, you know, you just turn your phone on and you can see the world. <laughs> the last thing you left on your phone pops up, mm-hmm. which is nine times a ten social media. Yeah, And when, I just feel like it's 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 the gift and the curse because it it, it opens doors for a lot of people. No, you know, for you in high school, let's say, you heard about a player. Let's say Joel Embiid uh-huh. in high school. Well, First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to look him up on ball's his life. We didn't have yet. that. <laughs> we Just think about that. So if I heard about a player... Uh, My time, let's say Antoine Jameson, he was right in Charlotte Gotcha. or Felipe Lopez, who was Mr. Everything. Mm -hmm. I had to wait till I I saw I heard about people who might have actually played against them. you know, so now everything, you know, and there's a lot of business opportunities. But I think the the downside of it is that we as players who, who sometimes are become sensitive because of social media. You know, and I think that's the tough side of it.
2: Yeah, my me personally, I had to take a break, man. I, I deleted all my social media like two weeks ago, and honestly, like it's been it's been good for me because you know you you first couple of days you're just like it's just ah. such a habit, uh, right. like right. oh wait, you know. So, um, but it's been good for me. You know, I'm talking to people more. I'm able to kind of just you know go about my day more, doing a little little bit little other things that I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have done before. Right. You, know, you don't waste as much time like just on your screen the entire time. Yeah, it's been good, but you know, there's certain. Aspects of it that you need, like right, to, for, sure. for your reach, or your, you know, your, mm-hmm. you know, your, like I say we're all brand, so it's brand association, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But nah man, you got to take a break, man, because like as much you try to ignore it, especially like people, I think like like as young as we are, like it's easy just to get the comments or the direct mm-hmm. messages, like mm-hmm. hey. What the like I think uh fantasy has ruined the game. This the whole yeah, fantasy yeah, thing yeah, is yeah, yeah, messing sure. my fantasy, bro. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I don't care about your fantasy, yeah. but yeah. yeah. But,
0: so what actually pushed you to decide to delete your social media?
2: I went through a stretch of games, like three or four games where I just just wasn't playing well. Like, you know, especially was when I first got back, you know, I was and people were letting me have it, you know, in a sense. And there's really no way I can just scroll through. Like, the biggest thing I use Instagram for is looking at memes. Like, I love memes and just like all mm-hmm. the viral stuff. Right. Like, it's hilarious. Right. And just the Twitter threads, all this kind of stuff. There's no way I could do that without every two seconds, someone just throwing something at me, throwing some hate at me, throwing this, doing that. So I was like, you know what? I like, I don't have time for this. Cause I mean, it affects your mental. Like, I mean, as much as people say, I don't care, I don't care what people think about me. At the end of the day, you're human, you do. You, you know, you want to be liked. You want to be appreciated. Yeah. You want to be respected. Mm-hmm. Like, it is this what it is. So I just had to take a break from it. And, you know, I don't know how long, how much longer I'll be off it because, you know, to an extent you have to get back on to fulfill certain obligations and whatnot. But um, just for myself, like it's been good just to kind of take some more time to myself.
0: And I think that's great because a lot of guys would maybe stay in that and kind of obsess about it's it toxic. or check it all the time. It's or toxic. A lot of people
1: it, I know who need to step away from it.
0: <laughs> I don't know who I you're I won't point about. any
2: fingers. <laughs> it's well, toxic. My idea. job
0: is I do the Hawk social media. So
2: uh, so you're constantly on it. It's you're hard to Constantly seeing what people it. are saying.
1: <laughs> and, it has nothing to do with your personal life. <laughs> No. You immediately went to Hawk social media. We we're, weren't talking about that. not you personally. <laughs> Okay. But no, I, 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 you know, just to to finish up on that, I think the millennials or or you guys are in a in a great situation in an awkward situation at the same time because your brand becomes whatever you want it to be instantly. Yeah, you don't have to work as hard <laughs> to to make it happen as guys had to do in, the, in back in the day with appearances and stuff like that. Yes, you do appearances, but your biggest appearance is you appearing on social media, bro. People get paid. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars just to tweet that's something. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's great, and you know, I, I, some of the older guys, by old, old old vets and old heads, there, I see them on there, like like Charles Oakley, now who's on there, is taking advantage of it because it wasn't there before. I must so, say
2: that's the funniest thing that old heads try to
1: get on yeah. Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you, know, uh, you know, but it's just, <laughs> it's just like you know. It, it, you need it now, I, yeah, I, and no, I do I understand agree. that. But at the same time, it's okay to step away from it sometime, mm-hmm. You know, to for your sanity. Yeah. <laughs> so, see what I did there.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> Vince sanity.
1: Nah, you got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a very great double block, Vince. Did you see that when he was played against the Knicks? He to win the game.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blocked that was, it twice. That was wild. Yes. No. It, <laughs> It was, just one ball. it was weird. So um so yeah, we were in the garden. It was like we were up by like one and we had to get the ball in. And um no no, no we were we were uh yeah, we were up by one, but there was so much time on the shot clock so we had to take a shot, you know? It was probably like 40-something seconds left. So shot it, got the rebound, but I mishandled it. They stole it, so they go the length of the floor. So I had to chase down. Um I think Alfred Payton got it, out it to Mitchell Robinson. He tried to go up. Blocked it. Then Julius oh. Randle got the rebound. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then blocked it again, but they called a foul. Right. You know, he missed that. No. Yes. That's a lot of pressure. He missed that last shot. You know, and we walked away with that one. But yeah, yes, I, did I had like five blocks in two minutes yes. that last like few of the games. So that was crazy. Yeah.
0: How, wait, yeah, I want to know how much pressure is that to have that final free throw?
2: Oh, a Saturday night in Madison Square Garden with the entire garden watching you. Like there's this one thing to play, you know, in a State Farm Arena, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, but in the Madison Square Garden on a Saturday in night, America. that's a lot of pressure, man. I can't imagine what's going through his head. You know, he he nailed the first one. We got nervous, like, oh man, he made that look kind of easy. And that's the hardest one. Yeah. The first
1: ones is, is, is the worst. is the yeah. toughest, right. usually. Right. And, and then once it. you break the ice, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of
2: yeah. smooth sailing. I think I've only, I've been in that situation twice. One was an AAU, one was my rookie year against the Thunder. I got fouled on a three-pointer and it's like, to win the game, I had to make all three free throws. Thankfully, I made all three, but I couldn't, like, your heart's pounding the entire time. You know, all the pressure's on you. No one's on the floor. It's literally just you in the basket.
1: It's literally yeah. after you take your routine dribble, you pick that ball up. <laughs> That's when everything kind everything hits of you. hits you. It's like, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot this regular, or I'm gonna push it. Like this is just like the first quarter, just like I've always practiced. You, you say that to yourself, but
2: you it's never know same, sometimes man. what
1: happens. I mean, yeah. and it's, it's either you're on the road and it's loud as hell, and you man. can't really focus, or you're at home where
2: it's quiet, too quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? too so, quiet. Just... How quiet
0: was it when he was shooting that free throw? Uh
2: it was Madison Square Garden, so people were cheering and stuff yeah. like that. But it was like it's a mixed crowd.
0: That's the cool thing about MSG is. Doesn't matter how bad the Knicks are that place is Just always packed. Yeah. yeah, all
2: the time. And especially that rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Knicks all every so, time I've played there it's yeah. always been like yeah, sold out.
0: I mean even when we've gone it's packed. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's really cool. A lot of celebrities yeah. and yeah. Then
2: everybody comes out.
0: Two things. Number one, Miles in his prime, Vince in his prime. Is is Miles getting dunked on? Are you going to block it?
2: What's what's your prime? Is that like 20 well, What do you consider your prime? Prime of your career what age?
0: That's a great question. Yeah,
2: cuz I hear I hear something different. Like I'm 23 And but I hear your prime is like twenty five to twenty seven. You know, I was rolling. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like
1: twenty five to twenty seven. Um, I was that was probably my New Jersey Nets days.
2: Did you say that was your
1: Nets days?
2: That's coming right off of. I
1: mean, it's like right. I mean, if you if you if you say by like you're when you're twenty five. So I I got in the league basically twenty twenty one, and so twenty six ish ish. I was you know right at the end of Toronto, beginning of New Jersey.
0: So that's probably yeah. when you were playing Thanks your best basketball too. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that moment.
1: I don't I mean knowing me, I di- I didn't care. It was either I make it or you block it.
2: Same there. Like I either I'm gonna end up on Sports Center one way or the other, and I'm gonna block right. it or I'm yeah. gonna get dunked so, on. Like
1: I mean, think about it. Though. So that that time uh, I had dunked on uh McTumbo and I had jumped on <laughs> Alonzo Morning yep. and uh I caught Patrick Ewing. So it was just like yeah, and mind you, it, we we they you, they always talk about and they show the dunks that I did. I can tell you the, the amount of times Matumbo and oh, but Alonzo blocked, I, I blocked the dunk. it. But yeah. Where they were like, it. "Hey, young fella." He he. I remember Alonzo saying, "Hey, young fella, calm down. You are gonna get hurt." I was like, "Nope, <laughs> no, <"Nope." laughs> you know, I didn't care." You know, <laughs> you know, but you know, and a couple of blocks when he blocked them hurt. Like you know, Matumbo. Like you have he's seven whatever, and you're trying to go over him. Like when he, if he blocks it. That's a, yeah. That's a long way down. Yeah, It's a long way down. Shaq tried to dunk on Shaq. He flatlined me. Boom, hit the court <laughs> looking at the stable Center's light. Never tried again. <laughs> he was like, hey, I don't want to hurt you because we were neighbors. We are neighbors. And he was like, I don't want to hurt you, man. Just pull up. I was like, don't worry. Just pull up. That was one of the most painful landfalls of, of my career.
0: So, yes, you guys are both going to attempt would, yeah. it. I, mean, I it
1: would Yeah, i so it would make for a great highlight. Yeah, just, either way. Just, you know, in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The outcome can be... Good or bad for either. Mm -hmm. be honest with you. Welcome to the League.
0: Which is a segue into our final segment, which is called Welcome to the League, where our guest tells us the moment when you realize, like, wow, I really made it. And we like to hear the good stories, but we really like to hear the bad stories. So what do you have for us when you realize? as
2: well, we want to hear them both. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> sort of the bad stories knocked it out yeah so <laughs> i just came off like my career high um it's when i i broke my thumb my rookie year so i missed like 20 something games i just started playing again this is right after like i said all three centers got hurt two games later i scored 31 against the warriors and like at the time that's like the 72 and 9 warriors or wait that's that's bad math um 72 and what did they go? 72 and 10. 10. 10 72 and 10. 10. Yeah, 72 well, and 10 Warriors. That was the record. They broke
1: that. They yeah, 73 yeah. and 9. 73 right.
2: and 9. Damn. Yeah, so yeah. real quick to that team.
1: They broke the record against us. What? <laughs> <That> last game.
2: <laughs> we didn't have a chance. Oh, because they were locked we down in. 30 so in like the second quarter. They were locked <laughs> in, I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was against that team. I had 31 points. I was like, my career high was amazing. But the, it was back to back. So the next game, we had to play against Sacramento Kings and DeMarcus Cousins. This is back when DeMarcus Cousins wasn't shooting threes. He wasn't putting the ball on the ground floor. He was straight post. Like, they're going to get the ball to him. He's going to bully ball you all the way into the post. I'm a decent build now, but I'm a lot skinnier in my rookie year. And, like, I literally just had nothing for him. Like, he would just move me out the way. And it was, like, demoralizing. Like, in the third quarter, I think he just, like, elbowed, like, the crap out of me and just dunked it and just, like, looked at me and said, You a baby. (laughs) <laughs> I, said, I know what to say back. I was just like, I know what to say back. I like froze in the moment. I was like, uh, like, so yeah, bro. I think he ended up having like 40 something points that game. Yeah, it was unreal. And then yeah, he was, they, they were just force feeding him too. I knew there was like literally nothing I can do. Like, he just, just moved me out the way, he started like right hand, left hand, any way you wanted, like, I, there was nothing I could do. So yeah, I was probably like, one of the worst ones. You're like this is real, yeah. Because yeah. like, cause you think, but you come off of scoring a career high right. against this team, so you're on your high horse, and that very nice game, you get humbled like that. It's like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and what about your your good moment?
2: Like your, do you remember your first basket? Oh yeah, for sure. It was um, it was against the Memphis Grizzlies in the first quarter. Monte Ellis came down the lane. Um. It's yeah, Monte boy. My guy. Score, man. Yes, yeah, sir. Score. Came yeah. down the lane, left-handed well, layup. Uh, he missed it, and I had a tip dunk, and it was on Beno Udre Beno Udre Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good friend, teammate. <laughs> yeah. So I don't Like I got that dunk, and then like you know you're amps, you're pumped. And my dad was there, and I knew he we was sitting. As I looked over at him. Like it's like a it's a crazy moment, like a very surreal moment for um you know you'd be able to. Experience that, especially in front of your family, you know, the ones that got you there. And you were like, I'm here now. Yeah, that. First is, point is a dunk. Facts. And then you start see, seeing people wearing your jersey. That's another thing. That thing was really cool. Like going to my first or second year, you see a lot more Miles Turner jerseys in the crowd. And that's kind of what was like super surreal for me. Like, oh man, yeah, I really did it, you know. Are you a video game guy? Yeah, I'm in a
1: video game. So, too. what was it like your first time you saw yourself or played yourself on a
2: video game? We no, don't no, ask a lot of guys like that <laughs> that's now. That's true. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that, especially I was, now. I was pissed because, like, you, you come in, you they think you'd be like a 70 rating. And <laughs> s- I'm a big man, so you're He's slow. slow. <laughs> like, you can't really shoot. Right, right. Um, you can't post stuff because everybody's pushing you out. So, like, you know, you're pissed. But at the same time, it's like, yo, that's that's me in a in a video game. And, like, and obviously, Modern Technology, it looked just like me. So it was super cool. Like, just like every my new detail, like, I have hair now, but rookie, my hair was up. I have a birthmark, like a super, like a big birthmark on the back of my head. Like once you shave, you can see it. And like, I was just rotating the camera and there, that big birthmark was on the actual like uh, dude. So that was like my avatar. So that was really cool. So yeah, and then just getting to use them and all that kind of stuff is dope.
0: Um, speaking of Vince, was it last night we were in Chicago? Mm-hmm. It was just last night. Um, at the end of the game, the whole arena erupted. We want Carter. <laughs> oh
2: shit!
0: <laughs> you did not, We it was a, a hard game. The game was handled already. The game was over. Got gotcha. um, How did you feel about that? Did you want to check in? Did LP ask you if you wanted to come in?
1: None of the above. Last no. year that happened. Yeah, I remember And he that. asked me, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so Just he knew count, not I to ask. I mean, I, but nah, I mean, it was already handled. And I, I, knowing LP now, I knew he wouldn't have put me in unless I said, whatever, put me in. But we had just come off of back-to-back and, you know, they're trying to save me, protect me. So I I, I knew that I probably wasn't going to go in. But it was cool. It's a cool moment. you sitting there and I'm like, you know, if you could explain to these people, like, I appreciate it, but, no. But no. <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing oh that. Gosh. He's not going for I it. So, say, you know, but yeah. it
2: was it was a cool moment. I think is a great coach, man. I got a chance to play for him this right. summer, man. I really, yeah. I really rock with him and just like kind of the way he goes about his business yeah. and his things, man. Absolutely. I think yeah. you know what he's what a saying?
0: great dude. Too. Yeah. He treats everyone the same, it seems like. Like from a right. social media person to his best player, he treats mm-hmm. everyone the same. Yeah,
2: no, definitely my captain, man. A lot of respect for him.
0: And Vince, my second question for you is in Miami when they played the tribute video. Andy. I
2: missed I missed half of it. I only saw the Did end because
1: <laughs> I was walking on the court and, you know, yeah. I, I'm always in my zone. Right. And, I, and I, when I got on the court and I turned around, I happened to look up. I saw the Alonzo dunk. Yeah. That's when I knew. I was like, oh, <laughs> <my laughs> because, you know, Zoe and I, he didn't talk to me for five years. Word? From that dunk. Seriously. I'll leave it at that. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, was some other stuff, I guess. Uh, Nike wanted to make a poster. And used it as a commercial. And mm. he didn't want to. Yeah, you know, probably didn't feel too strong about to that. that one. <laughs> but they, they used up until a certain point. So I guess he felt, I'm, I'm assuming he felt that I had something to do with it. I was like, I have nothing to do with it. You know, it was a basketball play. You tried to block it. You know, that's that, that same moment. Like, yeah. Lonzo was a guy who's not, I'm not, he's not, he didn't care about the highlight. You know, he was a, that's the reason why he's one of the top Shot blockers of all time because he had no fear. I don't care all, about the every result. Every great shot you know, blocker is dunked They're going to go and get dunked on, and yeah. that's what he would, he he would say. And but you know, it took like literally <laughs> five years to be this close, like up and personal for him to say something. Wow, speak. I was just like, you know whatever.
0: So when you saw the video, and then also when you checked out for the final time, and you got a standing ovation. Oh man! Did you get a little choked up? It looked like perhaps a little nah, tear. No, it was cool.
1: No, nah, no. Nah, I mean. Like I, I my, more so, it was. I'm, a, I'm just appreciate. It's, it's crazy because it felt like a home game. My family, most the majority of my journey my family lived there. You know, I'm a Florida kid. So at that moment, I think you know I scored my career high in that building, of 51, and I had that highlight wow. in Sheesh. that building. Yeah. Um, so you know, and it was against like Gary Payton and that team when they when they, when they were played. So that's what I'm saying. It was like one of my one of my all time great moments at night. So you know, I think about all of those things, and appreciation, and and it's kind of like you know, Miami's Miami. And and I, I like playing in Miami f- for the fact of it's warm. It's good for your bones. You don't have to go hard to kind of break a sweat. Yeah, for sure. It's humid so, in there. And, and it's you know little fun. things like that that I think about, I was like, well, I'm not going to get this anymore unless I'm coming to visit. You know, and it's, just, it's like when it's gone, it's gone. I, I didn't think about it because I didn't really have any ties. To, you know, I didn't play for You didn't have any big altercations. I, I, you know, I had my career high, so that's a special moment. But other than that, that was it. So it's cause like, all right, it's my last time. But then when it's actually over and it's your last time and we walk through the tunnel, Hit you it was ball, like, man. golly. Yeah. This really look, I look back, you know, and I was like, oh, that's it. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you go out the, under the uh, uh, the arena to walk out and you can walk back into the tunnel right there. I took one yeah, last yeah. look and like, <laughs> this is it. You know, and that was kind of it. Yeah. So that's more so than anything. It was yeah. just like.
0: Phew. A wild moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's so cool. And I'm sure you'll see at some point the respect that people have for him around the league is unbelievable. Oh, and impressive. the fact yeah. that these opposing arenas have the We got
1: one there, the first one. Oh, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. cool. Like and yeah. I didn't expect it. Like I said, I didn't have many ties there, uh, even though I did have the the dunk against the Pacers back then but there again my last game there that's one of the things I thought about when it was brought to my because I didn't know you remember I asked you I was like do we come back yeah. here you're like no I was like oh my goodness so it yeah. hit me and then and they put congratulations which I didn't see because right. I, I just didn't know and, and it was after I, I actually knew about it, I was just like this is it like it was just crazy and to be appreciated from an opposing team after all these years is pretty cool yeah a lot of these going to happen so it's like I, tell, I told you before it's going to be a Emotional roller coaster this year.
0: Trust me, I know, and I feel like I feel worse. it knowing you as well as I do. Yeah. Like when I watched you get that photo from the Miami Heat fan.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Like
0: yeah. I got the chills just watching that happen, and I'm yeah. not even close to where you're at. So I can't. Cool. I can't imagine.
2: That was cool. I got. A, yeah, I got a quick question. So, like, as far as speaking to your long, like your longevity at that, like your off seasons, how much time did you really take off? Like, just of just doing no basketball, no nothing. Because I think my back first back then or key, now, um, both. Like, I guess I'll say both because yeah, it changed. But yeah, go ahead and finish. yeah. So I guess we'll we'll say we'll say back then, going in like in your prime and stuff like that. You know, cause I know for me personally, my first couple of years, it's like. Man, I got. I'm gonna get right to it. Like, man, we yeah. just lost in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I gotta get back to the grind. Then it's like, well, well, I gotta take care of my body too. That's it. and that was the that's the natural reaction.
1: Um, I think to for every player, and you know, now guys are playing more and more in the summer. Yeah. But the problem, you know, with that being said, you're adding more miles, more miles, more miles to your body, and you need at some point to let your body heal from eight, nine months of basketball. And sometimes people say, oh, you know, it's your job. You're supposed to go all, the reality of it is you want to, you want the longevity of this business. And I understood that early. So typically no longer than a month. Okay. And the reason I, I mean, I have all my obligations. So I took the month early of Nike Puma when I was with Puma, Nike, all of these things, having to go to China, having to do all yeah, these yeah. things. I did the bulk of my stuff in the beginning. So it was kind of vacation, but work, but I'm not away. So, and I still did light lifting. So I got it all done. So now when I'm focused on this, if I need a good month and a half of just good work, it's it's never broken work because I'm, I have to go to China where I don't get that work. Mm. Now I can go do what I had to do. I like that. Yeah. And that made sense to me. So that's why I took a month, you know, and I, it was kind of just testing because I, I those are the things I didn't ask until I did ask. And it made sense um, to, to do that. So, okay, take a month. Uh, it may seem like an eternity, but this is when you can kind of let your hair down, let your body heal, have your fun, and then take the, th- let the next two and a half months or whatever to build back up to, to basketball. You know, and obviously it's different. The Olympic year was different because the Olympics for us went right into the season. So when the Olympics was over, the season had already started. Sheesh. So they gave us two yeah, days that's off. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it was different there. So, but but that's that's kind of the, the way I approached it. And then as I got older, now what I would do after every season, I'd probably take a week, week and a half. But what I'm doing is just still light lifting. For me, I just have to just maintain, maintain yeah. light lifting. I don't play in the summer. It's just like, you know, I can't wear off all the tread in the summer. Yeah, I can't If I played all the pickup and that they did now, by January, it would be a full season in, in to my body. Right. So I just kind of had to learn uh, by trial and error throughout the year. So you know when it's tougher and like like I look at Tiger Woods. I don't know. He was saying how he couldn't practice as much anymore for tournaments, and when he we did over practice, he had nothing for the real thing. So you had to you have to kind of decipher what's more important at the moment. Yes, taking care of your body and 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 playing and, and being ready for the season but you have to find the right time to do so. So I don't, I, sh- I shoot until t- maybe the beginning of September. Uh-huh. And then I start playing a little bit then. So I, I wouldn't have a whole summer of just basketball, basketball, basketball. Then mm-hmm. when I get there, I'm tired as heck, you know, at this age. I mean, now I know you you can like, there's no way now because you can, your bounce back is a lot different than mine right now. <laughs> right. So, but, so early in the, in my career, take a month, I'm, I'm recharged and mm-hmm. I can just do what I had to do. I just didn't play as much you know I mean it wasn't as much opportunity to play pick up like you see now yeah. you know that's the only thing so I, I feel like guys have to be smart about that now mm-hmm. because because of social media you know you want to be seen playing in all these right, great places right. but then when you go to your actual job you're tired when you get worn tired worn down worn down When you get worn <laughs> yeah. down mentally and physically that's when you get hurt mm-hmm. so it's just something
2: to think about so I appreciate that man. Mm-hmm. I was very curious about that
0: and he knows what he's talking about, too. 22 <laughs> seasons in. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: All right, well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else for Miles?
1: That's it, man. That was great. Oh, no, that was great. You, man. No, I, I, just, I thoroughly was, enjoyed this, man. Yeah. man. I'll take a compliment when I can get it, yeah. man. No, 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 that was sure. great. Yeah. That was great. I knew, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, working with him and just seeing him do his thing, you know, on and off, but off the court, you know, I've been impressed for a long time, so.
2: It's a Good lot of respect.
0: Well, we will go ahead and close, Miles. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to give us five stars. Should we get five stars?
2: I think today was a five star. Yeah, kind of definitely day. Five a five yeah, sure. star
0: kind of day. Leave <laughs> us a review um, and let us know what you think and who you want to hear from. And we will talk to you next time. Bars. We out.